0: Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there.
1: In a pose, like let's say like warrior two, I have nowhere else to be other than be in warrior two. So I had to be in that pose. And I think just the practice of, you know, being in that place and really being there, like noticing your breath and, you know, like like feeling what I was feeling, like, you know, even feeling like, you know, some stiffness in my back that got me into the present moment.
0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 326. Today, we're talking about the power of yoga with former professional football star, Sean Connolly. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. I hope you're doing well, hanging in there wherever you are in the world. Oh my goodness, the things that happen in the world. But you know, today we're going to focus on the amazing positive stuff that happens in the world. So I had the great pleasure this past year of talking to a really wonderful man who was a professional NFL American football player who found yoga and had it really transform his life. So I'm so excited for you to join me at the table. I'm gonna be talking to ex NFL kicker, Sean Conley. He was in the Detroit Lions, the Indianapolis Colts and the New York Jets. And he suffered these career ending injuries from overtraining and he started practicing yoga as part of his rehabilitation. And really it was the mindfulness, the meditation, the philosophy of life really led him in a new direction. So he's a dad, we talk about parenting. I'm so excited for you to join me for this conversation to to really hear his story about he, how he took yoga and, and really had it transform his life. And so I'm hoping if you are a fan of football or if you're a spouse of a fan of football, you might be excited about this idea of of sean's story it's it's he's a really like great down-to-earth relatable person and just talking about how the challenges in our world and how the things that mindfulness and meditation and yoga can bring to them from the perspective of someone who was not into those things at all in the least at first all right that's all i gotta say join me at the table as i talk to sean Connolly. I don't talk to a lot of football players. I I have to say, I'm a little like I'm like really fairly indifferent to football, and I'm like a little like worried about football because it's really dangerous and harmful for the people who are playing football. So I'm find myself surprised to be talking to a football player, but that's pretty cool (laughs) that you went from being like a football player to a yoga teacher and author. Your dad, I want to talk about that, but. Can you tell us the story? Like, Oh, you were, you were like a pro football player, right? And right. then you moved towards yoga. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, especially when I was in the football, the teaching yoga was the last thing I ever imagined I would do at that point. But can um, I
0: ask, um, what did you think about, like, did you have any thoughts about like, or, or, uh, assumptions about what yoga was when you were like a pro football player in that part of your life?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really weird and out there. So, so when I played, it was, it was, it was um, in the NFL it was the early nineties. So uh, yoga wasn't mainstream. It was just really way out there in the fringes. It, you know, it wasn't, you know, in cities like Pittsburgh or Cleveland, it was just you know, on the coast, you know, probably New York City, LA. That was it. My wife, though, she was she was a pioneer into yoga, so she was she was already into it. She she'd done some training, and so while I was playing for these NFL teams, she was into it. She was trying to get me. Into it as well because I was having all kinds of injuries. She also told me it could help my mental game, which is you know a huge part of the sport, especially at that level when you know it's such a high level of um, athletic ability for the for the players in the NFL. But usually the difference is just very small, and it can it can be mental. But I didn't buy into it because I just figured it was it was it just didn't match up with with the tra- type of training that I had done my whole life up to that period, which was more aggressive and and brute force. And so there was there wasn't anything at that time, that seemed to make any sense where I should bring in something that was more gentle or more balanced. So I, I resisted it until well after my career. And then my body was in such bad shape that eventually got to a point where I just decided to give it a shot. And
0: it was like a pretty, I mean, so I i read, I read the point after and it, it was really a pretty big roller coaster, the career. I mean, it sounds like it's incredibly, I mean, as one might imagine if we think about it like an incredibly challenging place uh, to be working in
1: yeah, yeah, for sure it's it, when I made the jump from from college football to the NFL, I just... You know watching it on tv it, it, it wasn't real but when i was was there and i was in these training camps and it, it, was, it just it, it took on a whole nother nature like there was a whole like layer that was just kind of peeled for me that you know i, I, I kind of knew was there but i didn't realize was, that was there and that was just the like the brutality of the game how you could be on the team at, at eight o'clock in the morning. But by two o'clock, you're gone. Like there was one day when I came back after practice with the Detroit Lions, and there was a guy I was starting to become like, like friendly with and his, his locker was cleared out <laughs> and like, that was it. I said, Hey, what happened to the to so-and-so? And they said, well, like they, they cut him. And then, and then I said, well, what do you mean they cut him just like that? He's like, yeah, the, don't you know what the NFL means? I said, no, he goes, not for long. So and of course, like three weeks later, I got cut. Uh, but you know that, that was just that was the nature of the business. It was just it was it, it was a business, and you know these the players. You know, like you know, you mentioned earlier before we we uh, we started the, the conversation was um uh like at the, the the violent nature of the game, and I used to assume that all these players just love the game, but when you st- I started to talk to them one-on-one, like they they, they they just wanted to go home to their families and still be in one piece.
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, that's not like what you think about when you, mm-hmm. you're watching, you know, people in the NFL, you think, oh, like they've got it made, they're psyched, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, maybe those injuries don't matter so much to them because this is such a big dream for so many people. But then I get, you know, reading your book, it really was interesting for me to see like, oh yeah, at the end of the day, this is a job. And, and, but then there's this incredible threat of like physical harm and injury. It's really, uh, it's really a very unusual job in that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And my it was unique for me because you know, I was a place kicker. So I had my, my injuries I would had and other kickers it's repetitive use since we, we, we kick Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And so by the time you're in the NFL, you've kicked tens of thousands of footballs. And so that's why some kickers you'll see they only last a few years. Some can last longer. Sometimes they they don't last long because they miss too much, but their legs can, can wear down the other players. It wasn't so much repetitive usage of, of running or pushing or kicking. It's just, getting hit, hit multiple times. And, you know, sometimes you'll see stories about like, oh, such and such player is, is holding out on training camp and he's not showing up. And a lot of the fans will get upset, like, oh, he needs to get in there with the other guys. But a lot of players just do that. And it's understood, like in the locker room, there's never, um, any like, uh, like negativity towards that player who's, who's not coming to training camp. There's that players want that rest. And so, you know, their, their, their season starts, you know, it used to be, you know, back in the day, this is going way back. Like you, you'd have other jobs in the off season. This is like back in the sixties, but as you know, in the seventies, but now these players, they train it's, it's all year round. And so these guys are getting very little physical and, and mental breaks.
0: Mm, wow. Um, so you your your wife she's the one who introduced you to yoga right like didn't you start Ab- from like a absolutely. rodney Yee video or something like that I, yeah i think i had that rodney Yee video i think yeah, my I mom think everyone's had that, had had that one yeah, yeah yeah everyone's
1: had that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was like the og one of the ogs like yeah. for like bringing yoga to the home the the, the vhs and he, yeah that was it for for many years yeah that's how she that's how she got me into it and um but it, 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 it took her years to get me to, 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 to buy in. And, and, and it was really, it was a combination of her, like just, you know, you know, pushing me, but also where my body just was, was, was done where I felt like desperate. So I was very stubborn to go into it. And, you know, you know, looking back and I certainly don't regret how, how things went for me, but if I would have done it earlier, it, it probably would have, would have, I would have been able to lengthen my career. Um, just because I just learned so much in yoga, not just to take care of my body, but just also just to like, you know, not, not be, um, you know, to, to, to have a better control, so to speak, or manage like the inner dialogue, you know, as like a, as a professional football player, it's like ups and downs, ups and downs. Like you, you never want to get too high or too low. Cause if you got too high, you know, you, you know, like there's, you can make a mistake in the next play and then that's it. And then you're down too low, you know? So like, but yoga, you know, can help that, you know, nowadays, um, you know, almost every NFL team has some sort of yoga program or meditation program that they're working with. And if they don't, they almost mm-hmm. seem like they're not 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 keeping up. And so now it's it's wow. good that it's it's starting to work in um, you know, more mainstream, you know, like even beyond NFL, like LeBron James does yoga now and Kobe Bryant was really into yoga and meditation. And so now it's 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 very it's very accepted, so which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I live near. I live 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So I remember like all, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles doing yoga and being super psyched about it. So
1: that was actually, yeah. uh, Well, well, that was, you know, that the Philadelphia Eagles were the first NFL team to do yoga. So that when I was hmm. in 1995, when I was with the New York jets, I remember, um, I just got through like working out in the gym and there was three players and they were going through like the local newspaper there, the Philadelphia, what is it? the Inquirer. Inquire, That's it. And they're in sports section. And there was an article about um, um, the Philadelphia Eagles doing yoga and they were all making, making fun of the Eagles for doing yoga. And actually the guy who was teaching them yoga, I wouldn't know this until I got into yoga five years later. His name was Baron Baptiste um, who was friends with the owners, the, the Lurries. He, so they were the first team to do it. And, you know, it took, the rest of the NFL, at least another five, six years to to, to carry on. But that was like the first story that I know of any NFL team that that was doing yoga. That was, so that was like in in the mid nineties
0: it's just cuz we're so advanced right in exactly. the general area exactly that's it <laughs> when i when i first started teaching yoga one of the the like the very first job i got was at like a a the like slightly low end gym where um it was like full of these like really beefy like bodybuilders and they were like these huge guys and i would teach this uh vinyasa yoga class and these guys would cut like every every week like at least one of the guys would come in and they would be like oh they would be like huge huge men and then we would go into like a i would be like go into warrior two and we're just holding out the arms and man these guys were suffering like they had so Uh much trouble holding their arms out i mean it's hard it's hard to hold your arms out in warrior two anyone who's done that knows it's hard but for them, it was really, really hard. And they they just like poured, the, the sweat poured off mm-hmm. and they were huffing and puffing. It was intense to watch them. So I'm just wondering if yeah. like when you started, was that what it was like for you? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's a great story. It's so crazy? That's that's, that's such a universal like yoga for athletes story. And and um, um a handful of years ago, my wife and I were working with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was, you know, the, the first class I remember we talked to them, like there's maybe like 40 guys there, and it was the same thing. Like, you know, we would call out a pose and bring them into a warrior one, and they would just be huffing and puffing and overworking and over trying in every pose. But you know, that was like their mentality, you know, their football mentality that they brought in where you push a hundred Ten percent, and it took them. It took them weeks. You know, we, you know, know, we started this like in May, or and it took like a couple months. You know, for them to start to buy in that you don't have to do everything super, super hard and push it. Mm -hmm. And and, and to answer your question, yeah, that was the same thing for me. Like the first year of a class I took for my wife, I immediately just everything I learned from football and sports. It was like, I'm going to push, I'm going to press, and I'm going to try to do all the poses because that's how it's supposed to be right we're supposed to do everything 100 100%, 100% and it took me a whole bunch of classes to realize that that was not an effective way to do yoga and it was it was you know, class after class where i would be exhausted until eventually i started to realize because i remember my um, um uh, karen she would, my my wife she would just be like you know she'd talk to the class about breathing and that was something i'd never heard of like why would i breathe like in a sport, like that was, that doesn't make any sense. There's no time to breathe because we need to go, we need to keep going. So that was, that was like a big awakening for me too. And that's like when, whenever we work with sports teams, like we work with a university of Pittsburgh football team, sometimes a basketball team, and we bring in the breath work. And that's always, cause we, are, we always know that's going to be the hardest thing for them to, to take on. And if they don't take on the breath, or if they don't t- to buy into the breath, they're probably not going to do yoga very long. Cause like, like you mentioned, they're just going to struggle. And if they just keep struggling, they're like, well, why am I going to do this? So but mm-hmm. that's but that's so that's like, the you know, like, how do you get them to that point, though? So that's that's hard, you know, and so that's that's up for the individual athlete to like to have the discipline to, to, to stick with it to get to that point.
0: I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. Is called Understood Explains. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. Well, it's like a whole, a complete mental shift, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, uh-huh. and that, but that's a shift that's, I think, just, in, I mean, just to bring it back, like, that's a real common attitude. I'm I'm sure it's super common in football. It's got to be essential in football that like striving and like 110%, like aggressive, like work harder kind of thing. But like, that's really cultural for uh, you know, um, at least I can. I feel like I can speak for Americans, people in the United States. Like, is like intense this attitude of striving and trying that we have. And I, you know, and I teach mindfulness, and it's like we come, we come to it there and there. It's like even more fruitless than in yoga because it's like all there is is like sitting, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, I, I guess it's like, and you know, in yourself, did you? How did you see that shift? from that, that striving in, and towards the, towards a, and what would you describe what you shifted into?
1: Yeah. I, well, well when my career ended, like for a lot of athletes, it was, it, it was not on my own, not my own terms. Like I, I had this plan, like a, like a, you know, okay. So now I made the NFL after, you know, playing at the University of Pittsburgh, I've made the NFL now, now I'm going to I want to be in the league for 10 or 15 years. I want to make, you know, a certain amount of money and I want to like, you know, play for this team and so on and so forth. So I had all these goals. Um, But when that was, you know, pulled away from me, so to speak, you know, after just a handful of years in the league because of injuries, you know, I really struggled like with like, like who I was, my identity, because... From a very young age, I got into kicking um, when I was eight years old. So from eight until 20, age 26, 18 years, like I was a kicker. That's who I always thought I would, was gonna be. And that's why who I was for a while. And so when that ended, you know, I really was, was stuck for a few years with um, you know, what next. Um, and so when I started doing yoga, it was just physical. That's how my wife got me into it. She's like, hey, just you know, do it to help your back. But when I started practicing and practicing and practicing, and I wasn't even trying to get anything more out of it than the physical, but when I would start to practice on a more consistent basis and, you know, when I would start to breathe and be more with myself, because I think for a lot of the time period, you know, I was always very external. Like this is, this is how things are supposed to be. My life's supposed to have this beginning, this middle, this end that, you know, when I would practice yoga and I would just like, be there for example in shavasana i just had to be with my thoughts and be with myself i think over time that started to 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 penetrate where i started to 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 you know see like more clearly that hey um you know it's okay that your career didn't go the way it was because you know now there's there's other opportunities out for me so that was like the big shift when i started to see more clearly that you know life's not always going to go the way like you want it to and i never really stopped to pause and you know, uh, smell the roses, so to speak, and really be in the moment. Because I was always like, "What's next?" Okay, you know. So if I was trying out for an NFL team, I wouldn't be happy till I made the team. And if I'm, you know, if I happen to, to make a team or get a certain, you know, point in, into the progress, then I wanted more. And so there was always like like that more. But you know, just you know, the practice of yoga, meditation, mindfulness helped me to realize like, hey, okay, just you know, there, there's you know, there's there's something happening right now, and and the past is 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 where it is is in the past. So.
0: It's a, it's a shift that happens. It's an incredible shift. And, and it's a shift that happens really gradually. Like we don't even realize it a lot of the time because it's happening so gradually. I mean, I teach mindful parenting and we start with mindfulness. And one of the things that happens is that, you know, the first thing we start with is a meditation practice. And the, and then the thing that's really interesting that happens, I see again and again, is that the person who's in the course, who's the practitioner, most usually she is it doesn't see those changes in herself so much but then her partner will say oh wow like you're different like you're right. calm you're you're way calmer like with the kids or whatever like the wills these differences they that they, because they're so imperceptible to ourselves it's like watching our kids grow up like we don't see the the changes in ourselves right. but other people see those changes in ourselves. So I guess I imagine it's hard to kind of pinpoint like, oh, you know, I was there and and now I'm here. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess that's that's hard to pinpoint for you. I mean, it's kind of hard for me too, of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I had like a specific like aha moment. Yeah. It was just, you know, like it, it was time and just like you said, like, like very gradual, which I think is really common for a lot of people. Like, like even come to our yoga studios, like, you know, sometimes, like, you can tell that they, 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 you know, just how they, they talk to you, like, they, they're looking for like a quick fix for what they're going through. But, like, like it's just that there's no like magic on off switch, you know, and it's just for everyone. It's just, you know, so different to have these, you know, these, 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 these you know, shifts, so to speak.
0: And what you were describing was, you know, this idea of like, what's next, like the whole future thinking, you know, you're really describing like, and you described, like, I had this story, you know, I had this idea of what, what, what was supposed to be. And like, it's like that, you know, that experience of not really being in the experiential body, but like being in the storytelling mind and these stories you were telling yourself. Um, so when did you start to like, kind of, when did you start to shift into a new story? Like with that? when did that new chapter begin? I mean, cause you own a yoga studio now, like this is like your life. So, so yeah. how, how did you come to that decision?
1: Yeah. The, the yoga took some time because, you know, when my NFL career first ended, I, I looked for something to, 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 to fill that void of competition. So I started to like uh you know try to like oh I'm going to enter an adventure race and I'm going to try to be like a professional adventure race person. And then I'm going to get into uh sales cuz I can I could you know I can win awards and sales contests and 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 make a lot of money and so I so I, I seemed to gravitate towards that and that's what I did for a while. I did I I was in sales for a good 8 or 9 years and actually did quite well in the, in the pharmaceutical sales and biotech sales. But you know while I was in that I I knew the whole time like this this wasn't Healthy for me, like this is this is the same old race that I was in of just you know trying to accomplish more and to get more. So
0: I imagine you're, you also like your dad at this point too, uh-huh. right? Like yeah. uh, you probably have this a real sense of like I, I need to be providing for my family too, right? Uh-huh. Like that's a yep, big absolutely.
1: Thing. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's what happened too. Like, you, you know, when I was on a team, then off a team, on a team and off a team, I was more unemployed than employed. So that was part of it too. So like, I, you know, I got, like, I had to like, you know, bring in, an in a sense of income, but it just, it, it really wasn't working for me beyond the And, you know, that, you know, providing for my family was great, but I knew for what I was doing, wasn't, it wasn't really speaking to me, and and I still had my yoga practice. So I think that's what was starting to really start to, to bump my head and and my heart about what I really wanted to do. Because the more I taught, then I started to realize, like, wow, this is something that really, you know, I I can help people. Because you know, I started to you know just you know speaking to students after class about what they were going through. Then I started, then I connected the dots that, you know, what I went through, how yoga helped me move beyond you know my failed NFL career, so to speak, and. You know how my dream blew up. Like it helped me move beyond that. Helped me to start look at things like with a different perspective. To be, uh, you know, to be more grateful. Like you know, you know, practices I really, you know, just you know, quite frankly, wasn't very good at until I really got into yoga. That's when I realized, like, hey, maybe this is something I could do full time. And then my wife owned a studio. And then, as luck may have it, a teacher moved out of town, and my wife was the only teacher other than this the the other teacher that was there. She said, "Hey, you got to teach for me." And that's when I said. Okay. After saying no for about a month, but uh, so you know, it was unusual for me to be a yoga student at the time, but to be a yoga teacher was something I I thought no way. But here you, we are, twenty years later.
0: <laughs> and you work with your your wife, and how, how many kids do you have? You have a a, a few, right? We yeah, we have four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I want to talk about that, but first I want to pick up on something you said. You said it's like how your yoga is helping you be more grateful. And I would, I wonder if you could just like dive into that a little bit because you know, the, from the outside perspective, it's like you're on a mat, you're doing postures, Mm. you know, like some of these postures we know were developed by like Russian gymnastics, you know, we know that, right? Like, it's not like there's like some special magical sparkles that shoot Uh out of your ears when you're in a triangle pose that like transform your life, right? Like, so tell me a little bit more about how yoga made you more grateful.
1: Yeah, this is like the million dollar question. Like when, when people <laughs> ask us, like, "Oh, how's you going to make me feel?" You know, more content. You're like, "Oh, sh- how am I going to explain this?" You, you almost like have to do it. Yeah, and I, I think for me the easiest way to explain it was like, well, so that the same year, um, just within a few months that my football career ended, um, I found out that you know, my my father had had terminal cancer, colon cancer, um. Like when he, and then after he, he passed away four years later, you know, I, I entered this dark space of being, you know, still upset about not getting over my football career, but now also with my, with my father um, passing, but by going to yoga and just, you know, being with myself and instead of, you know, like, like if i'm driving down the street in my car usually my my, mind would be all over the place and it would be like you know you know go back to the football i'd go back to my dad but when i was in yoga like in a pose like let's say like warrior two I, i had nowhere else to be other than be in warrior two so i had to be in that pose and I think just the practice of, you know, being in that place and really being there, like noticing your breath and, you know, like like feeling what I was feeling, like, you know, even feeling like, you know, some stiffness in my back that got me into the present moment. So I think it's that repetitive practice of being more in the present moment to being more in the present moment. It just, you know, kind of clears the cobwebs. And now instead of, you know, like maybe when I was driving to yoga, you know, being really you know, sad about my father being gone, and, and 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 having regret about like maybe not saying this to them or this to him or you know spending more time with him, I would start to see it differently, you know, and be more more grateful like how lucky I was to have the time I would with him. and I don't I hope I'm doing a good job explaining this, but it was it's it's so hard to put into words, but I think there's just that you know repetitive practice of practicing being in the present moment that you start to it just starts to clear things up some so.
2: Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It is hard to talk about, but yeah, I think it's like, like it opens your awareness, right? Like mm-hmm. you're coming into the body and the senses. The and awareness, as I,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I thought about, as I thought about that I you know, this idea, like you're coming into your body in yoga. I'm like, well, but he was a football player. Like he was doing something like really physical, but what's different about that. Right. Is like that whole piece, like you're not trying to achieve, Right. There's no competition. The whole point of being in yoga is to feel what you're feeling. Like there's not like, you know, you can't just like keep, I mean, you could keep pushing it and pushing and pushing until you're like a Cirque du Soleil, like contortionist. Right. Right. But that's not the point. Right. Like,
1: um, yeah, and it was strange because like I, I suffered from you could say when I first started doing yoga of, of like, 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 um, of, of, of body issues, because I remember when I first did yoga, I, and I, I'd look around the room and there's 20 people in the room and everyone's moving through the room and there's a class full of women. And, and, and it was myself, when, you know, cause like men weren't doing yoga then. And I really struggled with that. Like, I'm like, wow, I was just an NFL football player and I can't do this stuff. And I'd look in the mirror there and I'd see how my body looked. And I really struggled with that. And But that was also something too, the more I practiced, I started to realize that yoga wasn't about how I looked or how much I stretched. It was just you know spending some time, that hour, that hour and a half of just focusing my breath and all that other stuff didn't matter but it took me a while to get to that point too but that was something that was such a big eye-opener for me that like you know like you know I used to think like it was just this macho thing to be this professional football player but there was nothing macho about it you know if my body was really strong but my mind wasn't you know what, what you know I really wasn't healthy and so it was, you know, through the practice of yoga and meditation mindfulness that made me made me realize that, but that took a while. And now, like, you know, I, there's a lot of poses I can't do. Like some people, like when I meet them randomly and I tell them I do the yoga, like, oh, show me this pose. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I I, I I, mean, for me, my yoga practice is pretty basic. I can do the down dogs, the high push-ups, the low push-ups, the warrior ones, but that's it. And when I first got into yoga, I tried to like go beyond all that because that was, especially in, in in around 2000, when I got into yoga, that was, it was yoga was, was also about getting a certain point into the practice. You know, it's become more, uh, more, uh, I guess you could say, you know, we talk about more about accessibility now and adaptability and listen to your body, but that really wasn't first yoga. It was about getting to a certain point, but I fell into that trap too, where I'd actually, I got hurt in yoga till I learned that like I realized it wasn't about wasn't about that at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, that your ego can, can like push you. I got into that competitive thing when I did my teacher training. Like I'm one of those like freakishly flexible people that, yeah. you know, was like, oh, yoga, this is great, right? And uh, but I also have a long back that I inherited from my dad and he has back problems and um I drew, I went to my month-long yoga teacher training. I like drove there like five hours away in the car. I'm five hours in the car. Then I get out and I'm like there for a month. Okay. And the first thing that's there is is an Ashtanga primary oh, one. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. <laughs> you're going. already knows.
0: <laughs> he already knows. But for those who don't know, like the Ashtanga Yoga Primary Series is like forward fold after forward fold after forward. fold. It's like all forward folds. And I was like all full of ego and just was like, I'm, I'm super flexible. I need to show my teacher how flexible I am. And mm-hmm. I basically pulled the muscles in my lower back and like effed myself up right day one of being there for a month and doing yoga, like multiple times a day. It was a really interesting experiment. And, um, Uh, uh, and learning for me, you know, like an incredible learning for me about what yoga was and what yoga was not, you know, it's like really helped me to practice safely, I think too. But, um, but yeah, I can imagine that, that like being a man in that, in that whole situation and, you know, like you can't do these things. And there was this, like, I, you know, the, the language has changed from, you know, like, you know, let's see, bring, you know, to the like kind of like extreme instruction sometimes, right? right? And if you couldn't do that thing, you were like, wait, I can't do that thing. And so you would be feeling like I can't do this. Right. And so there is a lot more, I agree there's a lot more accessibility now, which is good. Um, Yeah, I kind of think of it as like, you know, like it's like mindfulness for people (laughs) who just like, like are, have a lot of like, I call it like your yayas, right? Like you have a lot of like energy, you have a lot of like, and that's like what I think of like what anxiety is, right? Anxiety is like an energy in your body. Like you have a lot of energy that you need to move through your body. Mm -hmm. And it's this like, yeah, like the movements are not like, there's not like some, some special uh, ancient magic about the particular, like doing a backbend is just doing a backbend. Or you know, doing a high plank is basically doing a push-up, right? But when you're, but the idea of pairing mindfulness with movement—it's like a way to practice mindfulness um, without the like jittery fidgetiness. I guess. Mm-hmm. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he did a much better job explaining like what <laughs> the whole yoga because it's yeah, I, you know um, w- when I was first writing the book, the, the idea changed a, a couple times, but it was first I was going to make it more of like a how to yoga, and I and I asked. Um, um, our, our, our studio sent an email. And said, Hey, is anyone, I'm writing a book. Does anyone want to share their story about how they got into yoga? And what was struck me as so fascinating about, it, I got, I got like all these responses and I, I could only take like 20 because that's what I thought I'd, I'd weave throughout the book, but everyone's story about their, their shift in yoga was completely different with them, what they, what they helped them overcome. And it was, it was, it was such an eye-opener for me that you'd, you know, I'd, you, you know we, we, I guess, like you could say, like we, we don't know what the person next to us is going through, you know. And people would come in and out of the studio, and they everyone would appear happy and healthy. But then when I read the stories, I was like, wow, like I can't believe what she went through and what he went through, and they helped her with yoga. And I just, I always wonder, like, you know, how how did they go through that? Was it gradual, you know? But you know, they all, they all had these shifts, but it it, it it was it was through the practice, and and I think it's 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 what you said. It's like. We we have to work through this energy and and you know when people ask us like hey I want to do yoga too what type of yoga I should you know should I do And I always tell them like you know I'd love if they came to our studio because you know we teach power yoga which is very physical and it's, it can be hot and for some people they need that they need that's what helps them move through the energy but some people you know maybe it's something you know more passive will help them like move the energy but there has to be something that sparks this this moving and even if it's just even if it's if it's just sitting. You know, if that's something that they're not comfortable with, like there has to be some. So, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there has to be something that that's uncomfortable for them to 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 get the shift going.
0: Mm, like they need it. We need a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. We need that. We need a a piece of that that challenge of like staying with whatever is there, whether exactly. it's a a mental energy or a physical mm-hmm. energy or something like that. Yeah, I think yoga really teaches you how to manage energy. You know. Um, I went to, I went to, I did my first like silent retreat in 2019 for seven days. And, and I, I know like, I I can't just like sit and walk slowly all day. Like that's just not like, that's not going to work for me. I have a lot of energy. Like I have a lot of physical energy. And so I would do like a vigorous yoga practice Mm. and I would go, or, or I would like go for a run every day or something like that because I could like I could see that management of energy piece where I needed to like burn energy to be able to sit for, you know, a, a meditation for 45 minutes and then another meditation for 45 minutes and another like silent sitting, you know, like later. Um, yeah. And then also the reverse, right? Like managing energy to cool down. Yeah. Right. I think that's one of the greatest, like Technologies, I guess, that yoga gives
1: us. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a shift happening. When we first opened the studios 20 years ago, all of our classes were, were power vinyasa. Um, we we tried to bring in meditation and yin, but it it didn't it didn't go over well. Um, but now it's it's becoming a lot more popular, um, which has been really cool to see. And I think it's because we've you know, had a lot of people who've been coming to the studio for a while that they realize that yeah, I could also use something like this as well where I, where I just sit. And, and so I, th- I think that, the you know, that there's, it, it's really nice to see, you know, like, you know, you know, nowadays it seems like a lot more people are, are, are more open to meditation just as the sitting part. So like, you know, 20 years ago you had the physical yoga explosion and now you're seeing the, the seated meditation, like those types of practices as well become,
0: become mainstream. Yay! Ooch, hey. ooch. Uh, <laughs> so you and you, both you and your wife are yoga practitioners. You're, you said you're practicing mindfulness too. Like, do you think that these practices have? And you had kids early, like maybe before all this started getting rolling, right? So, do you feel like the these practices have influenced your parenting at all and the way you kind of approach your kids?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think what. We're kind of like a yoga family now. When we when we first started teaching, our kids wanted nothing to do with it. But now they're in ages thirteen to twenty six, and all except our thirteen year old son are are into it. And now it's cool, you know. So they they all they all want to be part of it. So so. You know we, you know how we, you know do our best to raise with raise them is just like when they're in you know you know difficult situations, which seems like out of we have four kids, it's always at least one like a, a day, <laughs> is to just, you know usually what they, they they might be in like the room all day long where they're not getting out this energy, and so we you know that's that's you know, we recommend our you know we always tell our kids like well get outside and go for a walk or you know. Go, you know, go meet your friends and and go to the park and do something. And so, because we know, like that's that's always what helped us, you know. Like you know, for me, it was sports was my outlet, and for my wife. And so, you know, we because the the way my wife and I look at yoga is that it's not just you know like these yoga poses. There's different ways to practice yoga. Going for a walk is yoga. Like. Um, uh, you know, going in the backyard and, and doing some gardening can be yoga. So, you know, we, we, we try to get them to be as, as active as they can because especially today with electronics, like it's so easy for them to hide now in their rooms for for hours. And then when they have something going on that's really affecting them um, emotionally, you know, they're usually, they, 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 you know, they curl up in a ball and they just, you know, they don't want to do anything. And so that's, you know, we try to keep them just, you know, you know go do something. You know, otherwise you just end up, you know, stuck in your mind.
0: Yeah. Almost like dissociating from your body too. If you're Mm -hmm. like always online and all that stuff and you're never in your body, you're not, you know, it's almost like a, you know, it's like the opposite of yoga. it's like (laughs) mind and body are separate. Right. You know? Um, Now, when you, uh, you know, I'm asking this because this was a big challenge for me when you, before first started, like, did you, have you noticed any differences in your reactivity? Right. Cause that's something we talk about a lot here on the mindful mama podcast is like, you know, our, our tempers arise, like we get triggered by stuff. And, um, and I'm just curious, cause you have a, you know, you had, you know, your younger kids were like kind of in the, the, I I think I remember from reading that they were in that kind of like pre pre yoga daddy stage. Mm -hmm. And then, and then as you got older, they were like with, they had yoga daddy. So was there, did you notice any shifts and changes in in that part of your parenting?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like, like before I was into yoga, I was, you just you, I, 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 as a, as a kid, I was diagnosed with ADD, so I, um, which is now ADHD, and so I was always go, 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 go. Um, I had no management of my, of my mind skills to do that like whatsoever, and so yoga. Because uh, I'll, I'll always have it, of course, but yoga has really helps me with that. So, you know, when I was, you know, you know, first became a dad, I had a really hard time with like all the different stuff happening. But once I started doing yoga, that helped me just, just manage my ADD where um, I would notice, like when you mentioned earlier, like awareness, like that's like, I think that's like the big word, um, you know, when it comes to like having these shifts is like that awareness. And that was like the first step for me noticing when I would, you know, you know just not have any patience for, for some goofy reason and so then I would notice like oh why you know why am I not being patient right now? why am I like you know just uh, you know getting all flustered and so over time like noticing that when I would go back into ADD or I wasn't present with my kids that was the other thing too like when I noticed what I have, have these special moments with with my kids like I was or when I was on a walk with them and my mind would go to work or something like that and they would be talking to me about their day and I wouldn't be listening. But then over time, I'd realize like, hey, you're not listening because at first I was probably just on autopilot and not noticing that I wasn't noticing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But over time, I started to to, to to strengthen that like through through yoga and meditation. And so that's you know that 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 is a skill that I'm like I'm still working on today. But that's that's something I, I I I try to keep you know honing and strengthening.
0: If there are um, I well, let me ask this first, just thinking about your, how you were parented by your own parents, or are there things that you tried to, that you, um, have thought about like not wanting to pass on versus things <laughs> that you've wanted to pass on? Like, are, have there been like, you know, were there unskillful means or skillful means that you really wanted to?
1: Achieve? Yeah. 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 The the, the the most skillful thing that I, I, I learned from my parents was to just, let, let kids at, you know, at a certain age, of course, like, like to make their own decisions. It was, it was interesting for me, like looking back at like my sports career, when I got to a certain point, like maybe age 16 in high school, where I'd have some big decisions to make on sports. Like, should I focus more on this sport or this sport? But my dad was, you know, my dad was a super um, accomplished athlete. He, he, he was all state and in, in baseball, football, basketball, and track. And he was, he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, but he never, he never pushed me in a sport, which, you know, at times I would, I would get frustrated with him. Like, like, you know, like dad, like why aren't you like helping me become like a better athlete? And he's just like this and he just wouldn't say anything. And now looking back, I realized he just wanted me to like plot my own course. And if I was really into a sport, I'd, I would put the time in or I wouldn't. And so that's something, you know, that, that I, I try, that we've done with our kids as well. Like we just, we haven't pushed them into anything in life, whether it's sports or anything and just, you know, let them make their own decisions. And of course, like listen to them, you know, when they want to talk about like big decisions, but, you know, do our best to not, of course, if there's something where it could be harmed, like, you know, we'll, you know, we'll say Mm -hmm. something, but, but when they're just, you know, kind of thinking about certain things that we know that it's just best for them to come to their own decisions. We, we try to like, just let them, you know, I guess you could say practice some, some self-reliance. Um, so that was probably the, you know, something that I learned from from my parents that was very skillful. You know, and then something that, you know, we, I, I guess you, know, you asked like something different was, is is um, my parents weren't really big on, on like taking chances. Uh, they were conservative. And so, you know, th- there was a lot of times where, where I would say, hey, you have to tell me, what, what do you think you want me to do? Like, because you know, as I mentioned, like they usually would just wouldn't say anything. I'm like, well, tell me. And it was usually when they would tell me, it was always the safe choice. Like, so, so, you know, that's one thing that, you know, that, um, you know, now looking back, if I would have made safe choices, you know, throughout like my, my athletic career, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have gotten to where I was at. Like, for example, when I was with the, um, trying to go to the University of Pittsburgh, division one school, I was playing at a division three and I had to make the jump. And when I asked my, my parents actually said what they really wanted me to do, they said, Hey, you have something good right here. Don't take that chance. But you know, that's, that's how they grew up as well. That was from their parents, which was you know mm-hmm. um, coming from the Great they had Great Depression. Parents was you know very conservative and you know you know not taking any chances. So I totally understood where they're where they're coming from and you know but um, you know luckily I said like in the end they would always let me make my own decision. So usually when they I, I you know do my own thing anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of hearing you say like to not let your fears or worries influence your child right and there's a sense of like from what I'm what you're saying like a sense of like letting go and also like a little detachment i mean i have to on- honestly admit like that's what i'm struggling with right now my daughter's about to turn 14 mm, yep.
4: and i'm like
0: oh like i just want to like come here i want to hold you and hug you the way that i did and she just did not want that you know, so it's like that letting go of that. And uh, um, there's a little little
3: bit of mourning
0: for that
3: I can't believe me, you're saying this. I, my,
1: my youngest is 13 turned 14. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. don't you want to yeah. hang out more and talk more? And then my wife keeps reminding me, like, what were you like when you were 13 going to 14? I'm like, oh, yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so grumpy. Uh- <laughs>
1: <laughs> it seems to be universal. So I guess we're not alone.
0: Oh good. It's good to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so for any dads maybe out there who may be listening to this, yeah. um, you know, maybe, maybe their partner's like, listen to this episode of the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah. There's a bubba player on, did some yoga, who may be like, I'm I'm just imagining, like, who may be, maybe somewhat into these things, but there may be some some people listening who are like. I don't know, you know, my my partner is doing all this mindfulness stuff and uh, I don't get it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just doing my thing. But what would you recommend for somebody who's a complete, you know, in in a place of like not in this world who, what would you recommend for that self-regulation piece for that, you know, that that piece about being present? What would you recommend to that kind of person?
1: Yeah. I I, I Well, you know, I think that the easiest way, I believe, just you know, from talking to other people, how they've gotten them into it in my own story, is to just, you know, just find some piece of, of mindfulness into your into your like weekly routine. It doesn't have to be daily. I think a lot of times when we think like, oh, I, I need to get into yoga or meditation. So therefore I need to do 20 minutes a day, seven days a week. And it just doesn't doesn't go that way. I think it's just to find, you know, some sort of med- you know, uh mindfulness and and whatever it is that that's that's most the least intimidating way to do it. And so maybe it's doing yoga classes online or maybe it's just going to a studio once a week. But I think it's just like committing to, you know, I'm going to take the next few weeks to explore where I can bring mindfulness into my life and 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 just to go through and like, you know, try different yoga studios, try different platforms online and just start to explore it, but just to like not have any expectations for it. Because I think that's that's what can can really make it, the the the, the 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 exploration stage just like cut off. I think when we look at it, like okay, I'm just gonna go try this yoga class down the street. And they go to the class at four o'clock in the afternoon, and for whatever reason, they don't jive with the teacher of the studio. Oh, I tried yoga. Now I'm I'm done. And that can easily happen because there's like, there's a million different styles of yoga now, and there's a million yoga teachers out there that 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 can easily happen. But I think it's just sticking with it. I mean, I know from my own personal experience, like I was in trial and error. For for years before I bought in, and it doesn't have to be that long because I was just so stubborn about it. But you know, just it, it's it, it's just something I think just having a open mind and you know just just being patient in the in that that exploration stage. But because the payoff is, is can be really sweet, and 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 yoga may not be for everyone for sure. But you know when. When when you do get it and you get that yoga bug, it's something that you can now do for the rest of your life. And that's something that I really appreciate about it now. When I first got into yoga, you know, I was I was in my 20s. And so I had a very, very physical practice, which I really enjoyed for healing my body and, and building strength. But now as I'm entering my 50s, I look at it completely different, differently. Now it's something that I know I can just help with my mental state you know and i could just when i just need to reset i can just go to 15 minutes of yoga or i can just meditate for 5 minutes i can feel like a whole new person after that and that, and i know that i can i can keep adapting my yoga practice and i can do it in my 50s 60s 70s and beyond and you know there's there's not too many things you know, you know that we can we can keep doing like that and so it just really helps um, to have that that option you know, as, as, as we move into aging to, to, to take care of ourselves in a way that, you know, that, 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 that is, um, you know, a practice in moderation.
0: Yeah. It's like sustainable. It's like a tool Mm -hmm. that you have. It gives Mm -hmm. you a tool set, you know, to, to, to self-regulate, to manage energy, to be, to be present. So cool. Um, Sean, this has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I really, really enjoyed enjoyed it. (laughs) Where can people find out more about you and your book?
1: Oh, sure. Thanks for asking. Yeah, my my website is seanconley.net, S-E-A-N-C-O-N-L-E-Y.net. And on there, yes, is is book, my book, um, The Point After, as well as, um, and there's some resources for getting into yoga, some videos, um, some blogs about just like learning about like meditation as well, so... Yeah. Cool. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Cool. Check it out. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you sharing you. your story. I, like I said, I didn't think I'd be talking to a football player, but, um, uh, it was really interesting. I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, good timing completely... with
1: the, with the Super Bowl this week. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it won't go out, but so for, for the <laughs> listener who's like, wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Chelsea, we'll just edit out that Super Bowl comment. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's not your fault. That was <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you so much, Sean. It's been such a pleasure. Um, and uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks, Hunter. Appreciate it.
0: Hey, thank you so much for listening. It's really, I love his story, love his energy. What a great person so I hope you enjoyed this episode too thank you thank you for being here thank you so much for listening I hope you're subscribed and you share the podcast if you find it interesting you can share this one with all your football fans and I hope you're hanging in there as we go into the holiday season and the new year and I'm I'm wishing you peace and joy and moments of spacious calm contentment with your kids thank you thank you thank you so much for listening I can't wait to talk to you next week namaste
2: I'd say definitely do it it's really helpful it will change your relationship with your kids for the better it will help you communicate better and just I'd say communicate better as a person as a wife as a spouse it's been really a positive influence in our lives so definitely do it I'd say definitely do it it's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit
1: from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more
2: with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you.
3: No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this you can continue in your old habits that aren't working, or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting.
0: Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for community people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You will be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Mindfulparentingcourse.com.
4: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence